When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Future. We're talking real money. What do you want? Safety. What do you want with it? High yields. What can you have? One or the other. Uh, but, however, however, we are living in the golden age of interest rates for the past few years because, well, at least for people who want income from their fixed income securities because, wow, rates have gone up since they're near zero of just a couple of years ago. I mean, nearly zero. And all those on fixed income did, did, did bemoan the fact that they couldn't get a decent income while those of us who were taking out mortgages, we loved the fact that we could get two and change and uh, get it for 30 years and then keep it forever and ever. We're never letting it go. But today, we want to talk a little bit about CDs because you can go to your friendly neighborhood, look through the porthole on the vault and see your money bank, or you can go to online banks, or you can go to your broker and buy CDs and, hmm, the yields are actually pretty darn good, Tom. They're beyond pretty good. Um, they're pretty phenomenal. Now these rates are higher. As you said, a couple of years ago, you're getting basically nothing. And today we'll give you the numbers here in a moment, but, um, you're getting decent, but thing to remember, cause I think you pointed this out at one time when people said, Oh, rates are so low. We're not making anything. Well, inflation was low and guess mm -hmm. what's higher today? <gasps> inflation. Yeah. Things have gotten oh. a lot more expensive the last couple of years. But for those of you out there saying, I want, as Don promised, high yield and no risk. No risk. And there's some no risk. pretty shocking rates. Now, let's first describe what a brokered CD is. What does that mean? It's, 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 well, it's an anomaly. It really is an anomaly. You, you got to, they're just going to make you sort of go, hmm. Because you could go to, for example, you could go to your Wells Fargo bank branch Sorry. and probably get a CD for well below 1%. Matter of fact, we know at Bank of America, just because we both bank there, <laughs> that the CD rate is 0.03% at the bank. Or you could go to Charles Schwab and get a one-year Wells Fargo bank CD yielding 5.2%. Three percent. Now that when you hear that, it makes absolutely no sense because if I'm a customer of Bank of America, why wouldn't they sell me that CD at five point three percent? Um, because they don't have to. I wonder what they would do if you walked in and said, "I want that five point three percent CD." Do you think they would say, "Go away"? 
I just don't know. It seems very wacky, very weird. So a brokered CDs means... Oh, I forgot to say what it means. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting it, to. It means that your banks or these banks offer pools of CDs to the brokerage firms to sell them for the banks. In addition, you can also trade CDs like you would trade a security. So let's say you have a one-year CD, but you need the money in a month. Well, you could sell that to someone else through your broker. And uh, so it becomes a tradable security. But remember, if rates go way up, you're going to have to take less for yeah, your CD. Because it'll be worthless. A new one right, will be issued be at a higher interest rate. Not unlike bonds, uh, which would be a similar situation. So, okay. So it sounds pretty good, right? You yeah, just actually, I just looked deal. up a one-year CD yeah. at Wells Fargo. One-year CD, minimum deposit, $10,000. It's a whole lot better than Bank of America, but it's still 1.5% when it's 5.3 through Schwab. Okay. So you you would have to then, in this case, be affiliated with a brokerage of some kind Schwab, to do this. Fidelity, Vanguard. Okay. Wherever your money's held. Wherever it is. And you'd have to go to that website and sort of look around shop. Or if you have an advisor there, say, hey, go take a look, see what I can get, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So yep. what you're going to give here in a couple of minutes, a few more rates, but it says now, because this feels like a product purchase of some kind, am I going to be paying a commission on this? Well, yeah, yeah, you will. Uh, I'm, I, but it's, mm, it's not a very big number Schwab. And I'm, I'm using them as an example because I can look stuff up because I have a Schwab account. Uh, Schwab charges. $1 per $1,000 value of CDs. So $10 on a $10,000 CD, $100 on a $100,000 CD. And that's 0 0.01, One right? Yeah. Percent, okay. yeah. Pretty small number, but mm -hmm. it's, I guess, if you wanted to get an argument, that is a commission of sorts. It Here's is. the other one. When you tell me that you can trade that CD for another, yeah. Now that sounds more like a security more than a CD. It is, but it is issued by the bank still. So therefore, it is an obligation of an FDIC-insured bank. So from what I am able to glean from Schwab, all of the CDs that I see listed are issued by FDIC-insured institutions. And therefore, even if they're traded, they still carry with them and then pass on to the subsequent owner all of that federal guarantee. And what if the bank wakes up one day and says, I hate paying Don McDonald all that money because he's always saying bad things about banks. So, well, Don, I, here's your money uh, yeah. back and uh, we're not going to pay you that interest anymore. Can they do that? They can, but you can look very, very easily and they don't do it on short CDs, for example, like this Wells Fargo I was alluding to earlier. It's a one-year CD. It has no call. And that's what it's called. It's called a call feature. And let me go out and see if I can find one with a call feature. I'm going to go out to a five-year. Which is still somewhere around 5% for five years, right? 4.4. 4. Yeah, 4. okay. 4.4. Good money for. Um, and again, see, th th this can happen. But articles like the one you read make it sound like it's the norm, and it's yeah. not. Okay. This Morgan Stanley CD has no call provision. So you get the money, you get the rate, it's there, right. it's done. 
They Correct. can't they can't call it from you at some point. Correct. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's talk turkey, man. Let's talk some interest, some big bucks I can make on these brokered CDs. What's out there right now? Well, here's the curious thing about yields on fixed income securities right now. They reflect the uh, funny, this is what the whole idea of efficient markets. They reflect the knowledge that most investors already have that interest rates may have gotten a little ahead of themselves in the battle against inflation. Therefore, the best yields are right around, right now, three months. That's weird. Three months. 5.4% right now is Schwab's highest yielding CD, 5.4 for three months. When you get out to six months, it's 5.36. When you get out to a year, it's 5.3. So you're still in that sweet spot. Between one month and two years, you're still at about 5%, a little over 5% on average. But when you get to three years, four years, or five years, you drop below five and you go as low as four and a half. And this is all about this interest rate that is inverted, right? It's Right. It's because the out. expectation is that longer term rates are going to sneak back down and nobody wants to offer you a five-year CD at like 7% as would have been the, the case in a normal yield curve because they don't want to be locked in for five years paying what they believe is too high a rate. So they're offering 4.45 and the market is accepting that. You see, the market has a hand in this. It's a two-sided market. The the issuers can say, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to pay 7%. And the market goes, well, then we're not going to buy your CDs. But in this case, they discover that 4.45 at five years will bring in buyers. People will, will step they up will to buy. the pay window and take that, that on. That is absolutely correct. So one of the things, if you are a CD investor, this is what I suggest. Don't play with it. Be it. Just be the CD market. Right now, the CD market is saying an average of uh, five years, 5%. Great. Which is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, get a one-year CD at 5.3, a two-year at five even, a three-year at 4.7, a four-year at 4.55, and a five-year at 4.45, and you're going to be averaging just a little bit under 5%, just a tiny bit. But here's the beauty of the ladder. As long as you keep your discipline, and that's always a challenge with investors, as long as you keep your discipline, and when that one year comes due, if you don't need the money, you roll it right out to whatever the prevailing rate at five is, whether that's 2.6 or 19.7. You got me going. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, sign me up for the 19.7. Okay. So... To those people who are listening today who say, wow, 5%, that sounds like a pretty good number for a guarantee, I think I'll just go put the money in that. But it leaves you in a situation that you're not going to necessarily enjoy in the future. It leaves you with the possibility that if rates go back down, that we get into some sort of an economic situation like, like we had recession? a few years ago. Eh, okay. Or just a, a, an economy that doesn't have a lot of demand for money. Uh, you, you could end up with a portfolio that's yielding next to nothing. And the other thing to consider is that right now, an average of 5%, f funny thing about that number, 
Hmm. That's really, really close to what the rate of inflation is. Hmm. Yeah. And the rate that they're paying on I bonds at 4.3 and the rate that they're paying on the the Vanguard total bond is 4.3. Right. It's yeah, right. It's, this is the problem hmm. with fixed income. Yeah. Yay. It's safe. Woohoo. I don't lose any money. Well, but you don't make any either. And here's my worry is that when people hear these numbers, and you're hearing them, they're out there in the media, and people are shouting, and people have them. We, I think we talked about an Ed Jones office has it up on its door. Hey, come on in and get 5%. Mm-hmm. I think what people start to do is they rotate assets from one thing to another. They look and say, well, oh, I don't yeah, want to be in stocks. They're following the hot. This is, and this is my worry, because there's been other things that have come along <laughs> Many other things where people say that's the direction this is and they believe that's what investing is. I got to be part of that because look at that's a shiny new object. It's paying what it hasn't in a long time. And they start to sort of move from one thing to another. That's, I think, a really bad way to invest your money. Yeah, it is a problem. And it also is going to lead to people having too much in cash or cash-like instruments, right? You still Mm -hmm. want to have the proper balance between riskier things like stocks, which I would still expect to make more than in the long haul 5% a year, and the more safe things like bonds, CDs, money market today, uh, those sort of things. Don't move the money from one asset class to something like CDs because they sound so great today. Don't be part, I think you said the word, hot money. Don't be part of that because that is problematic and will lead to definitely lower returns in the long haul. Right. If you want to get a CD ladder, we're not going to say that's a problem. If you want to buy an individual CD, just because you think I'm going to play the rates, we think that is a problem. But if you're going to build a nice structured, disciplined CD ladder as part of your total portfolio, okay, but don't buy it. See, We put buying ahead of the planning. Thank you. The buying needs to come after the plan. The plan is where you sit down and you go, I need this much in equities, this much in fixed income at its simplest level. At its simplest level, that's what a portfolio conversation needs to be about. I need X in stocks, broadly diversified. I need Y in fixed income, whether that's high quality bonds, or a CD ladder. And I got to tell you, building and maintaining a CD ladder sounds easy. Ah. Buying a bond ETF or fund is far easier. Yeah. And more liquid. And more liquid. Immediately. Immediate liquidity. Immediate Uh, liquidity. All right. Well, speaking of bonds, we got a question about bonds. It comes from Donald in Skiesville, Maryland. He says, Tom and Don, I invested $540,000 in 482 bonds from 15 different issuers over the past few years. Speaking of bond funds. (laughs) They have a thing called mutual funds or exchange. Yeah. uh Uh, Present value. Remember, it was $543,000. Present value is $470,000. That's a $72,000 loss. Mm -hmm. All bonds are BBB or better. Mm-hmm. Uh, ranges from two eight to uh, two point eight to four point three, weighted average of three point six, basically. Mm-hmm. Maturities maturities are latter, January mm-hmm. twenty twenty five to October twenty thirty nine. 
Ooh, that's long. That is really long. Yeah, the bonds represent about 37% of my portfolio. The other 60% is invested in index ETFs that you have mentioned. The entire portfolio portfolio is in qualified accounts. I don't need the money. Should I consider replacing the smallest year Y2M bonds with similar rated and maturity date bonds now yielding 55 to maturity, you know, okay, that's one question. Then should he, or should he sell and buy BND? Should he sell and buy a money market fund presently yielding? What, what kind of account are these in? This is all qualified money. All qualified. Yep. Uh, should I sell and invest in your suggested ETFs? Sit still and hold the maturity. Other suggestions. Wow. That's, <laughs> first of all, that's a lot of bonds to hold on your what, own. What's his average yield? Did he Three, say? 3.6. Oh gosh, you know, again, this is just uh, this is another wonderful example of overthinking, overdoing, over you you don't have enough money to be a bond mutual fund. You you, you don't have economics of scale. You you paid up for those bonds because you were paying bigger spreads because you're not a gigantic customer. I mean, gee, you you only you you only have like thousand dollars worth of each each bond it's just i i I don't get the point it just seems pointless i would immediately without passing go or collecting how many hundred dollars it is is it 200 still yes still 200 this doesn't seem like enough for passing go does it uh (laughs) speaking uh, of inflation let's go man 250 I, i would i would go in fact i would go to vanguard I would open an account with Vanguard and I go, can you guys cut me some sort of deal? Because you're just going to take these and put them in your little ETF pile somewhere. Can you cut me some kind of deal on selling you 482 bonds and just putting it into BND, please? Okay, but that does beg a question. That would be accepting a loss of $73,000. It's built into the, it's the same thing. BND, it already has already experienced that loss. Indeed it has. And it's not a deductible loss. Nope. You've got so, it. Yep. What are you waiting for? Let's see. Wait a minute. Let's go. I haven't been to BMD in a while. What's BND? It's yielding 4.3. Okay. So wait. I looked it you're up. Gonna, you're going to be trading a portfolio that's yielding less, has a longer duration. Way longer. Way longer. Greater risk, much greater. I mean, you got real live, I could lose a decent-sized chunk of my portfolio risk if one of those bonds goes bad. <laughs> Yeah. Or two of them. In BND, they have so many bonds. Is it like 10,000? Yep. Um, so what? <laughs> if one goes bad, so what? Well, yeah, it's like a, Vanguard yeah. has an extraordinary track record of not buying bonds that go bad. So, Well, no, no, no. But BND buys them all. They buy the index. Yeah. But I don't. I think even then they have some curbs that allow them not to buy stuff that could go I have no idea. Banco. I don't think so. I think they just buy the index, personally. Okay. I think well. they just buy the index. But you know what? It doesn't matter because diversification will bail you out. And the fact of the matter is the loss does you no good. It, 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 but it's not. What are you going to do? Sit and wait for it to come back? Do you know it's going to come back? And if those bonds come back, the same bonds are going to come back at the same rate in BND. So you're going to get the same net effect and a yield of 4.3. And think how less you're going to have to worry about having 482 securities of any type. 
I can't even imagine the statement. Work. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's this thick. Yeah. And I'm showing an inch between my fingers. Don't get that on paper. Yeah. Okay. So your advice, sell the sell bonds, now. buy BND, buy get BND. on with your life. Or the equivalent. Find yep. other things to do mm-hmm. with your time, which yep, yep. this must be occupying a lot of it. Uh, this comes from Ryan in Monroe, Washington. Hello. My niece married an Air Force man. They're both young in their 20s. Unfortunately, I'm not familiar with some of the military investment programs. I've given my niece the low-cost index fund talk, maxing out Roth IRAs, et cetera, hopefully planted some seeds. I will be visiting with them and would like to get her husband thinking about investing also. What advice do you have for servicemen? Do you have any books that you would recommend? Thanks. Well, you made one great move from the from the get-go, and that is getting into the services. Because if you make a career out of the service, then you are already well on your way to a reasonably comfortable retirement for two reasons. One, is it 20 years still for the pension? It is. 20 years. Which <laughs> sounds like a Will lot. Will that make you like 42? <laughs> yeah, no. It, we have clients who did that and now have other jobs. And wow, that's pretty good to be a double dipper, right? It sounds like 40-something to me. Yeah. That's my simple math. Long time ago for us, but still. Plus, they have one of the best uh, retirement plans. Bingo. From a a fee structure and from an ability to diversify standpoint. It's simple, but it's decent and it's cheap. The TSP. It's called the Thrift Savings Plan. We at our site, 401411.com, actually have the portfolios for those right there. You simply click on Thrift Savings Plan. We show you that. In terms of a book, I mean, this is really- <laughs> You don't need a book. You don't really need a book. What you no. really need to do is start figuring out how not to spend all the money that you're making, yep. how to set some of it aside, and how to do it properly. Because if you do it properly from your 20s, Again, when you get to the 40s, and if you've really worked for the military all those years and are going to have the pension plus what you've saved, you're going to be in great shape. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just think it, the smartest move you probably made was just going into the military, uh, that alone. And then you just contribute. And I, I believe there's a there's a mandatory or an automatic contribution, but you can contribute over and above that. Yeah, you can. Up to the limits. So. Yep contribute over and above that. Plus the military doesn't pay incredibly well, at least not at the enlisted levels. Um, so that would also qualify you for Roths. Yep. Roth IRAs, uh, which by the way, dad, you could do that for uh, daughter. It was uh, niece, so niece, niece, oh, niece, niece, niece. I'm yeah. sorry. Niece. That's right. That'd be a niece. little awkward, yeah. but okay. He, he could do that for the niece. So it yeah. will help her fund a, t- a, a, a Roth IRA a little yeah. bit. Yeah, sure. You know, as a gift at yep. Christmas instead of, you know, who needs stuff? Yeah. Get enough stuff. Bingo. So, and you could use one fund there in a variety of ways that we've talked about before. But yep, again, yep. the TSP is a very good plan. Uh, as you said, very low expense and decent diversification. So get going there. And by the way, as part of an Air Force family, congratulations on being in the Air Force. Yeah, I'm part of an, uh, I married into an Air Force yes, family. Yes, you did. Which got me USAA membership until their insurance prices went way too high for me. Yeah. And speaking of that, that might be a topic for a show because I see in auto insurance prices anywhere are going up astronomically due to the high accident rate. 
Yeah. Really, since COVID kicked in, for some yeah. reason, I can't because people that are out. stupid. Well, whatever it is, and, slow well, down. And, and you heard why uh, uh, homeowners insurance is so ridiculous <laughs> in some places, like Florida. Yeah. Did you hear why? It's no. not hurricanes because it's not very many people want to insure it's homes. It's insurance scams. Ah. Where roofers are going through neighborhoods and knocking on doors and saying, oh, are you aware you have some wind or hail damage? Let us file a claim with your insurance company. Oh. We'll get you a new roof. And you won't pay almost anything. Uh-huh. I have I have probably 50 neighbors who did that. And I sold every one of them. I said, you're committing insurance fraud. They went, no, you remember the hailstorm? I said, no, we've lived here for 25 years. And we've never seen hail. Wind, but that was hurricanes, and that doesn't count because you got a separate deductible for hurricanes. Yeah, uh, people. Uh, this is another insurance. That is a whole other thing. And then, by the way, so now you can make the argument, and correctly so, that at the end of the day, yeah, you really are paying for that fraud because it comes back to bite you with right. higher premiums. Yeah, but I'm paying for your fraud too, and I hate yeah, that. Well, that's a good point. So, well, uh, thank you for being a part of the podcast. We truly do appreciate you. Tom would like you to call him and pester him. No, no. Tom would like you to spend your Saturday morning <laughs> I hanging out with him. Sure. I've only, got one. Only a couple of you. I've got this Saturday booked, but uh, down the line, got a lot of Saturdays coming up. What here are you doing in on July. the 4th? You're not doing anything. 4th of July, morning of the 4th, Tom will hang out with you. <laughs> Probably would, actually. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Actually, if you want to meet with one of our advisors, you know how easy it is? You go to talkingrealmoney.com, you click meet an advisor, somebody will get in touch with you. You can set up an appointment there. They will talk with you. They will help you out. They will not ask for anything in return, nothing. They will not try to pitch you on becoming a client. They will just help you and they will do it for a while for free because we believe in helping people. And we also believe in this great little thing and it, and it works. I call it karmic marketing. Other people call it other things, but it's just being nice to people kind of pays off. So we'll be nice to you and we want to help you become a better investor. That's why we do this thing that we do nearly every day. We call it Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?